Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. When we think about trick and treat, that's what we're thinking of, right? Um, along with obviously Halloween. And uh, these things are what we're going to determine because we, we know that these things are not inherently bad, right? Sports and the arts, I don't think those are inherently just bad things to do, right? But I, if we ask the question, can they be bad? I would say yes. I would say that we have to be very careful that they don't trick us into thinking that they are something that they're not, that they can fill some void in our life that they cannot, okay? So... The next thing I want to do, one more disclaimer before I really get started, um, is that I want to kind of broaden the topic because some of you might be sitting there and you might be like, Emily, I don't play a sport, I don't, I'm not in drama, and that might be what you're like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not just drama. So I want to broaden the horizon. I made a very detailed list of things that could be considered sports, arts, and I made my own category called other extracurriculars that I could think of. So, (laughs) thank you. Very creative, very specific. Okay, here we go, sports. Now, I'm gonna rapid fire, but I want you to raise your hand if you play this sport. Starting off strong with a sport I know you all love, lacrosse. Cool, 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 cool. Cross country, track and field, basketball, or, uh, yeah, Oh, I already said that. Okay, basketball, volleyball, sand volleyball. Anybody? Anybody? Um, football, soccer, wrestling, golf. Do we like not mini golf? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, golf, uh, swimming, gymnastics, ping pong. Got any competitive ping pong players? <laughs> Uh, hockey. Anybody play field or field hockey? Maybe more around here. I don't know. Not me. I don't like ice skating. Um, tennis. Tennis. Baseball. Softball. Archery. Anybody does? Yeah. There, there are some schools that have archery now. Uh, equestrian. Anybody know what equestrian is? You are so smart. Horses. I do not know. Beyond that equestrian involves horses, what that is. Uh, cheerleading. Cheerleading. Yes. Okay. Yes. So those, that's the sports category. Now. Uh, uh, wait. I have it in arts, so I'm sorry. Okay. Art. Art. Here we go. Band. Choir. Show choir. Uh, drawing. Painting, theater, or drama. Calligraphy, anybody? I made this list a while ago. Uh, calligraphy, knitting, anybody? Can anybody? Clay is a knitter. That's what I'm talking about, Clay. Uh, here we go. Uh, crocheting, very similar to knitting, but different. Dance, sorry, that is... That's, I will say, that could probably go in either category. Okay. Uh, poetry. Anybody, anybody like to spit rhymes? Is that, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, shop class. Anybody like work with wood and do those things? Paul, my man, my main man, building this cornhole stuff all the time. 
Um, pottery. Anybody ever made like clay pots? Yes? Um, again, I made this one list a while ago. Paper mache. Anybody like very into paper mache specifically? Yeah, that's, what, that's why I had it on the list for you. Okay, um, photography. Anybody, anybody like taking pictures? Lauren Bryan loves photography. Anybody like, like photography enough to not use their iPhone for it? Good, okay, good. I'm gonna be honest, I'm really worried for the future of photography with that new like three camera iPhone. That seems like a bad hit for your business. Okay, final category. Other extracurriculars that I could think of. Here we go. Um, gaming. Yeah, classic. Jewelry making. I've seen all your Instagram accounts. Yes, jewelry making. Making TikToks. That could be, I mean, probably enough of you spend two hours a day on that. <laughs> Reading. Anybody read anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, now, I like, it was like hard for me to type this, but whose extracurricular activity is watching Netflix? <laughs> oh. Gosh. Okay, uh, what about, okay, any, anybody like love playing cornhole, like really into yard games? <laughs> we, have, we have a night at my sister and brother-in-law's house and they call it cornhole and curry and we have chicken curry and we play cornhole. It's very intense. Um, okay, uh, what about board games? Anybody like game nights, like playing cards and things like that? Yes, yes, okay. Is anybody involved in student government at school, 7th and 8th graders? Is there 5th and 6th grade? I don't know if there's student government. Stuco, Stuco, student council, uh, debate. I don't know if that's a thing yet, but anybody like arguing? I don't know. Uh, National Junior Honor Society for the junior hires, yeah? Okay, good, good. Now, here's my point with all of that. Here's my point with all of that. Everybody sitting in this room rose their hand at some point. So I don't want you guys to feel like uh, something like sports and the arts is something you don't need to pay attention to because I, I, I want you to understand that more than this night being about being an athlete or being a musician, this night is about what you do. And the trick of what you do is that you can become so sure of yourself that you actually forget that you need God. That's the trick and the treat I think that we're talking about tonight. So, I want you guys to broaden your perspective a little bit, think outside the box. What are the things, as I, as I speak tonight, what are the things that you spend time on that might be replacing in your mind, or maybe even you don't, don't realize it yet, the place that God should have in your mind, okay? So that's where we're going tonight. That's why I wanted to start where we started. So um, we're going to be in the book of Colossians tonight. If you guys have your Bibles and, and you want to follow along, that's great. It'll be on the screen as well. So not uh, if you want to just follow along there, that's great. But I'm going to be talking to you. Here's the deal. I read Colossians and I saw this note that Paul makes. Paul is the person who wrote the book of Colossians and he wrote it to a church in the place of Colossae, 
I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, and, and these people, he, he was talking to them like he just, he, he was proud of them, he was thankful for them as a church, but he really wanted them to understand that there is nothing more important. There is nothing more important than the identity that you've been given in Christ. Okay, so I am gonna, I'm praying the same thing for you. I'm saying the same thing to you that Paul said to the church of, in the, church, the Colossian church in chapter two. He says this, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you, how hard I'm praying and hoping for you and for those of the church of Laodicea, another church in the area, and for all who have not met me, and met me, met me personally. My goal is that, they, that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that you may, be, may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding fine arguments, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm in your faith in Christ, how firm your faith in Christ is. This part of Paul's letter to, to this church is something I think you need to hear. Paul is, is wanting so badly that this church would understand that there is no wisdom or knowledge that they could gain that's more important than what they already know to be true about Jesus. Because at this point, Jesus has already died, he's already resurrected, and he has already sent out people to start building up his church all around the world. And Paul needs them to know there is nothing. Nothing will ever come or has come yet that is more important than the message you've already heard about Jesus the Christ who died for your sins and made all things new so that you could actually have a relationship with him. There is nothing more important. That's what Paul is saying. And I want you to hear that because I need to hear that. For probably eight years, I needed to hear that there is nothing more important than Jesus. There is no thing I could do, no, no grade on a letter, or no letter on a grade card, no friend group I could be a part of, no game I could play that could make me more important to God. So, here's what I wanna do. I wanna tell you a little bit about my own struggle with this. Now, I have a big box of things here. Some of these things are mine, most of these things are mine, and others are, um, you know, a few of my siblings' things that I scrounged up. But here's, here's what I wanna do. This was, this was my story, and I understand that some of you guys might relate to this in a different way, and that's okay. But when I was in middle school, when I was in, in junior high and middle school, I started playing the great sport of volleyball. I loved it. Raise your hand if you play volleyball. It's fun. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta <laughs> put my jersey right side in. <clears throat> so this was my jersey. This was one of my jerseys. And I was very proud to receive this jersey. 
I was very proud to be on this team. And when I became a volleyball player, I had already been a Christian. I had already decided to follow Jesus. And there was this thought in my head of like, I'm going to do this for Jesus. I'm going to do this, be on this team for Jesus, right? And I prayed for my team a lot, and I tried really hard to make my, my point known of why I was doing this. But maybe like some of you, my selfishness definitely crept in. And it was hard for me to get that back. So this identity that I had found in Jesus, um, I started putting things on top of it. So I said, well, I'm a Jesus follower, but what I really want you to know is that I made the volleyball team, and you should be very impressed. <laughs> and I, I wore this jersey very proudly, right? Uh, and then a, another team came, and I made that team. And I was very proud of that, that team. I was very proud of what I could accomplish, what I was doing, what I was capable of in playing volleyball. And then I started to realize, you know, I, I was prepared for volleyball. I had all the right gear. I was wearing the right things. I had all the, you know, the team garb. People knew what I did because I had the backpack. I had the, I had the, the jersey. I had the team shirt, right? I wore it proudly. I was really proud of it. Um, and I also joined band when I was in school. I joined band, and I was really proud of that. I was like, look at me, I can do two, count them, two things. I am in band, and I also play volleyball, uh, neither of which would I say I'm an expert at, but I did them nonetheless, and I continued. I, I, I had all the right things, right? I played all the right instruments. I was in the right crowd. I associated with the right people to accommodate this image that I wanted people to see of who I was. I was a volleyball player. I was a band member. And then I realized, you know, as I got to the end of my high school career, or as I got to the end of these moments, I quit band when I was a freshman, and so I was like, well, what am I gonna replace it with? What will people know me for now, right? And I started to worry, and then I realized, I, I have this skateboard in here. That's a sport. I didn't mention it. This was a, a face, a short face, but it was a face, so I'll put it up here. Uh, I, uh, I don't know how to put that. There you go. Um, I, you know, I started finding all these things, all these may, maybe excuses of things that I wanted to be known for. Like, I got to, to college, and it was really cool to be outdoorsy, and so I bought a hammock. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, another thing that was big in school was the Hunger Games, so I bought that, and I read it, and I knew the characters' names sometimes if I was, had just read it, uh, and I, I did shop one time, this is my car, do you guys still make these? This is the car I made in seventh grade shop, and I was really proud of that, and it was something I accomplished, got second in the race, pretty awesome, um, Maybe, now here's the deal. I say all this to say, maybe you are in this same position and you feel maybe that you've covered up your, your true identity in Jesus with all these things, all these 
accolades, all these accomplishments that you've made for yourself. And Paul says something about that too. Um, in verse, verse 8 of what, we, of what we just read, Paul says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. That is what I had done. I had fallen into the temptation, into the trick that these things that I had believed to be true about myself were actually the most true thing about myself. If I didn't win the game, if I didn't set the kill, if I didn't make the grade, if I didn't... I wasn't worth it. I wasn't worth hanging out with. Um, I wasn't worth <laughs> being in the right crowds. And I began to associate who I was with what I did. And some of you might be sitting here thinking, some of you are probably considering right now, what do I want to be known for? What team do I want to be a part of? What band do I want to play in? All these things. And here's what I'm telling you is that I, I've done that. I've, I've graduated, there you go. I've graduated and I've, I've felt accomplished because of the things I could do. And I still don't, didn't understand that that's not Jesus. I still didn't understand that all these things that I had put on were not what Jesus was asking me to do. Jesus doesn't call any of us to do things we're good at for our sake. He doesn't call any of us to do these things that we feel good about so that people see us doing them. He actually... He says to take those things off. Paul tells us to take those things off. Um, in in chapter, chapter 3, he says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But before that, he says this. He says, Put to death, therefore, Whatever belonging belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, these are heavy sins. But I would go so far as to say the pride that you want to put on, that you can accomplish, the things, take the things off that you think earn you something in God's eyes. Take those things off. Because here's the reality. As you grow up and as you get good at things, it's going to be very tempting to want those things to define you. But the reality of this is, is that we have to take those things off because the wrath of God is coming. It said, Paul says, when we try to accomplish things, God, God saves us not out of what we can do, but what, out of he, what he has done for us. Because it says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things, even anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another, since you have taken off your old self. Take off your old self. Take off the things that cause you to forget who you are in Christ. Take off the things that you can attribute your own power and your own accomplishments to more than you can attribute the death of Christ on the cross for your sins and resurrection into new life with him. Take the things off that you can get caught up in and that can deceive you and be a trick to you that you would think 
people need me to be this for them more than Jesus needs me to just follow him. These things are not what defines you. They're not who Jesus says that you are to him. It says at the end of this that we have put on our new selves, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You have been created in the image of an already perfect God. You have been created in an image of an already perfect God. And there is no need to add to what he has done for you. There, you can't add to what he has done for you. So here's what I'm saying to you tonight about sports in the arch, which is something silly a little bit, right? And these other extracurriculars that I could think of. None of these things could ever save you like the blood of Jesus has saved you. And I believe that when you are sure of your identity in Christ, you don't try to put on all those things. I was involved in, in volleyball and sports and, and band for a long time. And it's at some point, I let those things define me. But here's what I'm telling you. They don't have to. And honestly, you can enjoy them a lot more when you don't feel like your accomplishments within the things that you're good at are attached somehow to who you are and what you're worth. It's a lot more exciting to play a game that you don't feel like is riding on your friends liking you. It's a lot more exciting to know where your worth is coming from and then just get to enjoy the things that God has put in front of you to enjoy and enjoy the people that God has put in front of you to enjoy. So, I want you guys to consider, some of you guys on your little name tags, on your hello my name is, some of you guys wrote things that you're striving to want to be like, like Jesus. And some of you guys wrote things that you just wanna be good at, like actual things that you wanna be good at. And whatever you wrote on those things, Here's what I want you to understand. When you cover the cross with the things that you can accomplish, when you cover your own true identity with the things that you can accomplish, you tend to forget yourself and then you also tend to, to not be able to show others what you really do care most about. And that's Jesus. So if you wrote something on your name tag that's something you can accomplish or do or be proud of, maybe you just think about that this week and you think, how do I replace this identity, what I want to be known for, with what I already am in Christ? And that's saved. That's forgiven. That's loved. And maybe some of you are thinking right now, what do I want to be known for? And I'm telling you, you want to be known for Christ. You want to be known for what Christ has done for you. So, think about it. Don't just not think about it. Give it thought. Care about what you're known for and care about who Jesus says that you are because that is the most important thing you could know. That is the mystery of Christ, that you would be loved and known and not have to fend for yourself. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna get to worship. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the ability that you you give us to know you, that you don't leave us in the dark, that you don't ask us to do things on our own, but God, that you completely and fully saved us and made us who we are. 
in your son, Jesus. God, I pray that we would live in that right now, that we would not spend another second of our time wasting away with the things that we can accomplish or do for ourselves, but that we would submit and surrender to who you say that we are. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.